0: Well, I got to say, I didn't expect to see you guys here. I thought the snow—I I expected five people, so—and uh, I personally know them. So, <laughs> anyway, I, I'm really glad that you're here, and it looks like the snow is going to hold off, so we can all get home, you know, safe and sound. Uh, I want to remind you of something that I introduced last week. There, um, I introduced a little card in which I had given a brief but very accurate and relevant to the typical person you'll meet today's description of what the gospel message is what, what's the essential message about Christ that we need to get across to someone that they could actually make a decision whether to trust Christ and become his follower or not so we put it on a card and we have a bunch more of those and I'm going to be talking about this for months so just you know kind of get used to it but please don't dial it out so they're in the auditorium uh, on the information table various places if you don't have one please get one Because here's what I'm hoping you will do, and I'm going to keep repeating this too. I hope that you will not try to memorize what's on this card. But what I hope you will do is read it twice a day for months. Uh, Because here's what will happen. If you read it twice a day for months, you will end up memorizing it. Now, you don't have to use it word for word in your personal conversations about spiritual matters with people. But it gives you something to go back on. It gives you a foundational message. And... Frankly, I think you would be wise to memorize it and maybe utilize it because it's it's very accurate, it's brief, it covers all the the things that we need to cover with someone. But anyway, if you don't have it, grab one, they're in the lobby. But I'll talk about this week in and week out because I want all of you to be able to share the gospel with somebody confidently. And this maybe is just one little step. The other thing Kim mentioned, you know, I'm doing these little talks now where they're going to deal with a lot of topics that will once again help you guys to get clear yourself but also to have comfortable cogent conversations with people about spiritual matters okay so we're in the third message in this series that's about spiritual power I've got the power and what we've done each message so far is we've looked at you know what does this power look like if God is giving us power what exactly does that look like in you know everyday clothing everyday humanity and then what does it feel like to those of us that that have this power of God inside now we're going to kind of stay with that same theme today but we're going to deviate just a little bit because the next three messages are going to be about the same subject but from a different angle I'm going to talk about uh, what are the the sources of this power and and how do we um, how do we understand it's working in other words power is vague how does the power actually work in my mind my reason my emotions my memory how does it work in the way that I think in the way I feel so we're going to look into some of the sources frankly I I could do probably a whole series on just the sources of spiritual power but I got to limit it to three so anyway today is kind of a transitional message which probably none of this you've cared about so I'll just go on to something else (laughs) Uh, picture this you've got a room full of 100 typical churchgoers Let's call them, you know, Christian followers of Christ. Let's hope that they all indeed are. And um, in this room, we ask this question to them. We ask, which of you would confidently stand up indicating that you believe that your life displays that the power of God is operative in your life and through your life? I'm, I'm confident that someone interacting with me they're going to be interacting with someone in whose life the power of God is having its way to manifest in my life now here's the question out of a hundred Christ followers in a room and they're asked to stand if they believe their life is manifesting that kind of power in in a tangible way out of the (laughs) hundred how many do you think and, and I, I literally want you to shout out numbers how many people out of the hundred of Christ followers how many do you think would stand up and say yes I, I've got the power the power of God has manifested in my life I, I'm confident to say that how many out of a hundred do you suppose would stand up just shout a number eight five twelve does somebody say none a, a, a hundred a hundred. Well, in the first service, they, they were more like you guys. They were a little more conservative, and their numbers were lower. They were, uh, there was none that said 100. <laughs> but that's a good thought. Uh, they were, you know, maybe 10, 15, 20, 25, something like that. Uh, I followed up in the first service with this next question, and this next question is a lot more important. Now you're in the class, you're in the group, you're, you're, you are one of the 100. And now you have to make a decision whether you feel confident enough to stand up and say, yes, I'm confident the power of God is operative in my life in a way that that it's manifest. I'm confident of that. So don't answer me on this one. I don't want to know. I don't want to know your answer. But answer it for yourself. Would you be confident or not? All right. Third. How many of you suppose that there might be some people in that crowd of 100 that won't stand up? They, they just wouldn't do it, but they should stand up. They, they really do have the power of God operative in their life, manifest in their life, but for any number of reasons, they won't stand up. How, how many of you believe, and this one you can raise your hand, how many believe that there are people that should have stood up, but they wouldn't stand up for various reasons? okay and sometimes it's just we're shy and different things like that but I have a theory of one other thing that I think has affected us without our knowing it you know it's kind of a subliminal thing we live in this kind of a celebrity culture where everything has to be kind of big splash you know it has to have glitz and glamour and shock and awe and those kinds of things and when we think of God and God's power I think our minds tend to drift toward the more supernatural the more miraculous things And so that blurs what we feel or think about how the power of God looks when it's at work in somebody's life and how it might look like working through somebody's life. So that's where we want to go today. We're we're going to see that the power of God sometimes is operative, effectually, in people who don't necessarily know it because it doesn't look very flashy. It doesn't come across in the way that we expect it, whether we should expect it to come across in a supernatural way all the time or not. uh, That's another thing. So let me share with you some verses from the New Testament. This is the Apostle Paul. He was in jail when he wrote this to the Colossians, the followers of Christ living in Colossae. And he says, Being strengthened with all power, so here he's talking about the power of God, being strengthened with all power according to his, so we know it's God, his glorious might, so now we have that so here's this he's talking to these followers of Christ in Colossae and he's saying you guys have got this power of God at work in you but but what is the power for what what is the power going to produce he goes on to explain it to his glorious might and power for all what's the first word endurance Endurance. and patience with joy and that's not very flashy okay I mean, when you're enduring what does that look like you're in a circumstance that's hard for you you're in a circumstance that's putting pressure against you you're in a circumstance you don't like you'd like to avoid you would get out of if you could you're not having fun when you're enduring something but it says that these Christians were given this supernatural power of God so that they can endure and have patience with joy so this is not real flashy it's let, let me add one more verse to it and you'll see where it goes second peter chapter one verse three his divine power so clearly this is the power of god again his divine power has given us everything not just some things not a few things not not you know all but one everything we need for a what so pause The power of God. God's given his power, his His supernatural, eternal power. But in us, it's given to us so that we can live a a godly life. It's not very flashy. It it doesn't bring a lot of shock and awe. There's not a lot of lightning. There's not a lot of miracles. There's not a lot of blind eyes being opened and people being raised from the dead. It's just giving ordinary followers of Christ the power to live a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness and the idea there is that when we saw the glory of God in Jesus it attracted us it drew us it won our trust it won our hearts and it's that power of knowing what God is like as he's revealed himself in Christ particularly on the cross showing his sacrificial love that has now so won our trust so won our attraction our affection our adoration that it becomes a source of power within us a motivational source an energy giving source but his divine power has given us everything we need to live a godly life not very flashy now I'm going to put these two verses together in a sentence and we'll see what the power of God the manifest power of God could look like here we go I've got the power to patiently endure all things and joyfully live a godly life it's not very flashy is it but it's very significant so let's let us sink in I've got the power God told us in those two verses He gives His people His followers the power to endure all things right now In this room we're all going through various things Uh, there may be some relational struggles there may be some uh, economic struggles some vocational struggles there could be some mental physical emotional struggles we've all got various type of struggles in here and this passage is saying God is willing and wants to express his power by giving us the ability the power to patiently endure all things and joyfully live a godly life in spite of our circumstances in the midst of our circumstances now let's break these two down because it covers two different areas manifestations of God's power first of all enduring all things and living a godly life that's actions these are observable actions in other words if I'm going through circumstances that try me trouble me stretch me prod me but I'm staying faithful to God these are easy to observe and these pastors are saying God supplies power so that we can do that how many of you have felt like there's times in your Christian life where it was like two steps forward and three steps back can you see your hands yeah, sometimes we're just inching along, but we're staying faithful to God. We falter and we get back on and We stay faithful to God. That, that's what that's saying. That's a manifestation of God's power. It's not very flashy, is it? But then there's a second part, and this gets on the inside a little bit more. It deals with our, our emotional or attitudinal state. We're to endure all things and live a godly life, but we're to do so patiently and joyfully so that's attitude that, that's emotion now we can endure all things and I bet you know somebody like this they, they endure stuff but they're mean as a snake they, they, they're just mean man they're just angry they're just bitter all the time but they're enduring you know they're they're doing the right things but they're mad about their circumstances well that's not what it's talking about it says we're enduring all things still living a godly life and living a godly life means I'm living like God lives I'm, I'm doing what he would do hey guys back there in your mercy and kindness will somebody please turn the heat off man you're gonna have a kosher hot dog up here in a minute <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know who has that power uh, that's not God's power but uh, I'll sure thank you uh, to <laughs> to <laughs> patiently and joyfully so it's not just enduring things and not just enduring things you know but it's enduring them patiently and joyfully at the same time. But that's God's power, and it's not very flashy. All right, flashy. Now why? Why would this notion of endurance? Let's just fixate on that for a minute. Endurance. Why would that be important? Personal question. How many have ever known someone that they had a season in their life where the best that you could tell, they had actually put their trust in Christ, and chosen to become his follower and they were walking with god you know they were they were digging in the word of god they were gathering with other believers they were serving they were giving they were doing all these things they're they're letting the word of god mold their minds and their lifestyles and change their habits and so for a while you're you're watching this person and everything you see is a yeah that he's a christian she's a christian there that's a real follower of christ there and then at some point that person man their, their course just took a 180 degree turn and they just walked, walked away from God altogether, the best you could tell. How many have actually ever known that or known someone that that occurred with? Can I see your hands? Just like first service, it was almost across the board room. This thing of not enduring, not, not continuing, It's a very serious thing. And Jesus spoke about it often. For example, in the parable of the sower, you can read that in Matthew 13, Luke 8. I can't remember where it is in Mark. I think it's Mark 3. Um, It's where Jesus talks about people's reception to the word of God. And it says, as the word of God goes out, people hear it and they receive it in different ways. But in that parable of the sower, three quarters of the people that are exposed to the truth about God and the truth about life, the love of God as it's revealed in Christ on the cross, three-quarters of the people take that truth and ultimately walk away from it they they don't endure and so endurance is a serious thing the the disciples once cornered Jesus and they said Lord are are there many that be saved how many you can remember what he told them? anybody risk it he said no he said few he said few there are that be saved Matthew 7, 13, 14, he said, you know, the, the broad way that leads to destruction. He says, many, many are on that way. He says, but the way that leads to life, it's narrow, and there's only a few. So this notion of not enduring or falling away, it's important for a number of reasons. And, of course, people, people observe us, and the number one thing, once they find out that we actually say that we are one that has put our trust in Christ and are his follower... The number one thing you just need to hear this i know you're going to hate it the number one thing they look for is inconsistency they they want to see the breakdown in us and for the sake of jesus and his kingdom and his word enduring patiently and doing the will of god and living a god life joyfully it's really important to try to show people the validity of the message of Christ to others so okay so what I'm going to do now is wear on your patience a little bit I'm going to take you through nine verses of scripture now the first thing we're going to do is we're going to ask everybody in here that has not read at least nine verses this week to raise their hands no I wouldn't do that to you <laughs> that. but you do know that some of you this is the most scripture you've read all week so be patient with me as uh, as we go through these nine passages all right here we go 1st Timothy 4 the apostle Paul writing to Timothy who's trying to untangle some problems in a church in Ephesus anyway it says now the spirit the spirit of God expressly says that in the latter times that's always talking about that time prior to the return of Christ but it's been happening all through the ages in the latter times some will do what depart from the faith you have to understand what what the picture is here these are individuals that looked like they had put their trust in christ and become his follower but then they depart from that they depart from that posture that appearance that claim to be those that have put their trust in christ and become his follower. so so we're warned that not enduring is going to be a typical kind of a thing let's go on first john chapter 2 verse 19 it says, they, they went out from us, but they were not of us. I know this is a bit of a tongue twister. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, meaning the Christian community, the f- true followers of Christ, they would have what? Keep that word continued in mind. They would have continued. So, for, so John, the Apostle John is saying, yeah, they, they identified with us for a while. They, they said they were followers of Christ, but they didn't stick with us. They didn't stick with Jesus. And had they had they stuck with us, then we would have known they were really of us, that they really were followers of Jesus. But since they didn't stick, they weren't. Look at another one. Colossians, once again, 123. If you would read the verses before it, Paul is talking about the the common salvation that is given to us that do trust in Christ and become his followers. But then he adds this to that salvation. He says, if indeed, in other words, he says you possess that salvation, if indeed you, what is the word? Continue... In the faith, you, you, you continue in your trust walk with Christ, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel. So here's twice we've seen this thing of continuance, this, this contingency of continuance. Let's look on. Hebrews three fourteen, For we have come to share in Christ, meaning we are actually Christ followers, we're actually part of the family of God, if, notice that condition, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to how long <coughs> i think i just got some of the steam in. You notice that stuff that the, the lights use to make uh, the light beam show fog fog is what i was trying to say i think i got a little fog anyway if indeed we hold our original confidence firm until what the end do you see why endurance is becoming more important let's go on here's Jesus talking in John chapter 8, he says, so Jesus said, if you, what, continue to obey my teaching, you're truly my followers, now now we can rearrange that, and get another very powerful statement, so Jesus would say it like this, if you don't continue to obey my teaching, you're not really my follower, but but, but wait a minute, Jesus, I, 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 I prayed a prayer, and I went forward at an altar, and and people put, put hands on me and stuff. And, but, but Jesus says, but, but if you're really my follower, the, the evidence is you'll continue. You'll continue. This year, next year, 10 years, 20 years, you'll continue to obey my teaching. But, but Randy, you don't understand. Uh, I asked Jesus to come into my heart. But Jesus says, but you don't understand. You're not really my follower unless you continue to obey my teaching. I'll stop there. I'll stop there. Let me go on. Matthew 24, Jesus speaking again he says but the one who endures how long to the end, to the end will be what Save. so again Jesus you're saying to me that if I don't endure meaning if, if, if I don't stay in that trust relationship with you all through my life I won't be saved that's what it's saying it's pretty clear I know some of you are getting uncomfortable and nervous no, don't worry we're, we're, we're going we're going to give some help Acts chapter 4:22 strengthening the souls of the disciples encouraging them to what continue in the faith you don't tell people to continue in the faith unless there's a danger of them not continuing endurance is a very important critical premise and, and, and principle let's go on 1 Corinthians 15:58 therefore my beloved brothers be steadfast Immovable. You're, you can't be shaken from your trust in Christ, your devotion to him. You're immovable, always abounding in what? The work of the Lord. So that, that's all part of the manifestation that I actually have trusted in Christ and I'm his follower. Jude. Now this one gives us a little bit of encouragement in this whole thing of continuing or enduring. It says, now to him, meaning Christ, now to him who is able, he is able, not we are able, he is able. This is where the power of God comes to play giving us the power to endure all things patiently and joyfully and to live a godly life now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling or falling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy so here we have this thing again now I I know what's going through some of your minds you're saying whoa, whoa whoa Randy wait a minute I thought I thought once saved always saved You know, once I put my trust in Christ and make the decision to trust him and be his follower, I'm saved, signed, sealed, delivered. Uh, I have forgiveness of all my sins. I have eternal life. And now, Randy, you're making it sound like uh, I can never be sure if I'm saved because I'm only saved if I continue. So... What's, what's, what's right? I mean, I've been listening to you teaching, Randy, and you've taught before. Once you really put your trust in Christ and become his follower, you're saved and sealed for eternity. So is, is that the truth? Yes. But what about these verses about continuing? I mean, how can that be the truth? Is that the truth too, Randy, or are we misunderstand? Is it true that I'm only saved if I continue, if I only endure to the end, if I remain steadfast and so forth? Is that the truth? Yes. But, but that's a contradiction right that's a contradiction if I'm once saved always saved and now you're telling me but I got to endure to the end to be, to be saved that, that's a contradiction I'm either saved or I'm not saved I'm either once saved always saved or not not really it's just a matter of understanding what it's being said how many of you like riddles <laughs> I'm going to give you a statement and then I'm going to give you a riddle and for you that hate riddles you can just do this <laughs> but here's the statement the natural result of true conversion is what continuance this is this is the 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 answer to what appears to be contradictory once saved always saved or continuing in the faith true conversion if I've actually if I've authentically put my trust in Christ if he has won my heart won my trust and I make the decision that let the rest of the world follow whoever it's following and everybody's following somebody usually it's our own foolish selves But I make the decision, I'm going to put my trust in Christ, and because I trust him, I'm going to follow him fully, and I'm going to follow him freely because he's won my heart, he's won my trust, and I'm going to follow him forever. That's true conversion. That's becoming a Christian, a Christ follower, whatever term you want to use, a disciple, whatever whatever word you want to use that makes sense to you. If I've been authentically converted, the evidence will be continuance. I will continue to follow Jesus for my whole life I may backslide I may go up and down I may even have seasons where I don't look like a follower of Jesus we've probably all known people they fall away but then they come back but ultimately I will continue in my trust in my walk with Jesus let me give you the riddle now for you to hate riddles you just ignore this do birds fly to attain to attain and maintain the right to be accepted as birds or do they fly simply because they are birds? How many say it's, it's the first position? Please don't put your hand up. Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> please don't. No. We know that birds don't fly so that they can attain the right and maintain the right to become called birds. Nor do we endure, continue in the faith in order to gain or maintain our salvation if you want to look at it like that no but we continue in the faith because we authentically have trusted Jesus and he's not going to change and so there's no reason for our trust in him to change in other words we continue simply because we really are and if we don't continue it's because we never were does that make sense it, it, how, how many, Randy, you just confused me worse and worse, it's okay, I'll, I'll try again if, you raise your hand, I'll, I'll try again okay, so, so that's making sense if we are we continue, if we don't continue we never were, okay so it's not a matter of I have to continue to maintain my salvation but I continue because I actually have salvation I hope that's more clear alright, let's go on so how does all this work? I mean, this this thing of enduring patiently in all things, joyfully uh, living a godly life. I mean, I mean, how does this work? It's it's the manifestation of the power of God. God wants to give us the power to endure all things patiently and joyfully live a godly life in this present world that is antagonistic and not very encouraging for godly living. Uh, so, how how does this work? Now. I'm going to spend the next three messages talking to you more about how the power of God works in us, how we can recognize it, how we can cooperate with it. But I'm going to kind of give you a hint today because I'm going to focus on how this power of God in us works so that we can maintain this interior joyfulness and patience when we're enduring all things and living a godly life in a world that is not very nice, generally speaking, to those that live godly lives. So I'm going to give you just one piece today of what we can do to change the feelings inside of ourselves so that the patience and the joy is there while while we're enduring things that we would rather not be enduring. All right, Colossians 3. You, speaking to those that have put their trust in Christ, you've been raised to life with Christ, so set your hearts. Now, when you see a word like set your heart, that's God telling me, You can do this, Randy. I want you to to consider doing this. You you have the freedom of will to do this. Set your hearts on things that are where? In heaven. So God's telling me, you know, set my deepest desires and my wildest imagination on heaven. Start, Start thinking more about the society and the reality of that society that is there. Where Christ sits on the throne at the right side of God. Keep your minds Fixed Once again, it's calling me to do something that God empowers me to do. I have to keep my mind fixed on things that, excuse me, things there, meaning heaven, not on things on earth. So this tells me I have the ability to do this. Now, here's the thing. How many of you, you you watch TV ever at all? Can I see your hands? (laughs) That's a stupid question I knew. You'd be lying, lying, lying. Okay, so like, how many, you know, you're, you're, you're confident enough and humble enough to admit, if you get watching a really scary movie sometimes, you get a little bit spooked. You get a little, little scared yourself. Can I see your hands? Okay. So you just watch a scary movie. And that thing, it was, it was deep, man. It got to you. you. You were jumpy. All right? Now you switch the channel and you watch Dumb and Dumber. All right? <laughs> Do you change emotionally inside? Yeah. You go from being a little scared, a little nervous, watching a scary movie, to all of a sudden now you're laughing uh, you know, at Dumb and Dumber. Why? You and I cannot directly, in most cases, control our emotions. I didn't say that's an excuse for being out of control. No, I, I said directly. But what God has given us the power to do is to choose what our minds are going to be focused on. We can use our will and focus our minds. You focus on the scary movie, you're going to feel inside scary emotions. You focus on Dumb and Dumber, you're going to have cheerful, laughing emotions. So it says fix your mind on things that are above things that are in heaven fixate on that life that is going on right now where everybody's loved everybody's respected everybody's healthy everybody is experiencing the best life possible nothing down here compares to what's going on and what people are experiencing up there everybody is safe every day there's no such thing as worry there's no such thing as pain there's no such thing as sickness sorrow death there's no such thing as conflict how many of you want to be in a place where there's no such thing as conflict I mean I'm I'm tired of conflict in my life so I can fix my mind on that society it's a reality the resurrection of Jesus from the dead which is proven across the board is a reality that gives me confidence and so I can fix my mind on that so that when I'm going through things, follow this now, when I'm going through things in this life that, that I'm having to endure them. I hate them. I don't like them. I wish they'd go away. I wish they'd change, but they're not going away. They're not changing. I have to endure them. So what I can do is fix my mind on things above and it will gradually change my emotions instead of getting discouraged, instead of getting bitter, instead of getting angry. I can stay where I'm enduring things with patience and joy and I'm still living a godly life. But I've got to do what Scripture urges me to do. I've got to exercise this ability to turn my thoughts in a differing direction than on my particular problem or struggle or whatever it may be. Let me go on and show you this thing reinforced. Philippians 4 gives us kind of the same concept. It says, keep your thoughts continually fixed okay so this is something I can do God's saying listen you can do this keep your thoughts continually fixed and then he gives this list of things to keep our thoughts on on all that is authentic and real all that is honorable and admirable all that is beautiful and respectful all that is pure and holy all that is merciful and kind and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God praising him always so In order for me to have that patience inside, that attitudinal adjustment, and that joy inside while I'm enduring things, all things, and living godly in a world that is basically ungodly, I I have to keep my head, man. I've got to keep my mind in the right place. And so if you look at that list, there's nothing negative on that list. If we don't guard our minds, our, our hearts are an open field for all kinds of torturous stuff to go on. I'm not going to ask this because I already know the answer there's not one of us in here that hasn't experienced discouragement there's not one of us in here that hasn't been at least depressed if not sunken into depression there's not one of us in here that hasn't been not just angry but downright bitter at times I could go on and on but, but God is telling us a way if we want his power to be having a free flow through to us we we've got to focus our minds when we are going through challenging experiences that call upon us to endure let me share one one more with you second corinthians 4 it says so we fix our eyes again notice the activity of our will free will we fix our eyes not on what is seen the irritating circumstances that we have to endure but on what is unseen since what is seen is temporary everything that we see, we can see physically now is temporary but what is unseen is what eternal the scriptures teach us to live with the governing reality of our minds and our lives that of a spiritual one of a heavenly one of the world that we have never seen physically with our eyes and it says if we do that we can endure all things patiently with joy and live a godly life in this present world and that's a manifestation of the power of god but it doesn't feel very powerful so picture this you uh you're in one of those seasons in life and some of you no doubt in here probably are where there's something going on or maybe a series of something's going on it usually comes in clusters and, and you don't like it. You know, you're, you're, you're just forced to endure some things. If you're going to stay faithful to God, you're either going to have to endure or you're going to have to find a way out. And so maybe you're at that point that we all get to occasionally where, where you say, you know what, I'm done, man. I, I can't take any more. I've had it. I'm out of here. Um, I'm just going to collapse and probably just die emotionally if something doesn't give. I, I can't take any more. And so you finally worry so much and you stew so much and you've got so many things that that are bothering you and eating at you 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 just collapse and go to sleep and that night when you're asleep you have a dream it's a vivid dream it's a different dream it's such a unusual dream that you when you awaken you know this was this was something divine this was something of god and in this dream you're pouring out you're gushing out your pain your frustration all these things that are happening in your life that you hate all these things you're you're having to deal with and endure all these things you want to run from you want to escape you want to get out and you're just gushing it all out in front of Jesus and in the dream, he's there, and he listens patiently as you list item after item after item that are hurting you, that are bothering you, that are torturing you, that are stretching you beyond your limits. And you keep saying all these things to him, and you're, you're, you're wanting him to finally say, okay, I'm going I'm to step in, and it's all going to go away. And you finally exhaust yourself with your list of frustrations. And in the dream, Jesus says these words to you, and I'll put it on the screen. Jesus says to you in the dream, I will give you the power to patiently endure all things and joyfully live a godly life. Now he is here this morning and he has said that to each and every one of us. We read it in Colossians 1:11 and in 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 3. If you had that vivid dream though, and jesus said that to you now mind you he didn't say he was going to take you out of any of the things he just said i'm gonna i'm gonna be with you and i will give you the power to patiently endure all these things and joyfully live a godly life when you woke from the dream if you were convinced enough that it was a true divine encounter Do you suppose you would face whatever it is you have been trying to escape from, whatever it is you've been irritated by, discouraged by, depressed by, do you suppose you'd face it with a different attitude, a different frame of mind? And and would it give you a power that you didn't have before so that you could indeed patiently endure whatever life is dishing to you, the thing you want to run from really badly, but you don't? You, you just stay and you stay faithful to God and you stay faithful to his word and his will and his ways and, and you just remain godly even though everything in you is, is feeling like it's, it's crumbling. But he said, I'm going to be with you and I'm going to give you the power. I think we all know if we had a divine experience like that we would be rip roaring wild to go through whatever it is we had to go through and that would stick in our brains and every time we we started to think those thoughts of escape and collapse and running away from god and his word and his will we would say no way no how because at the moment when i'm feeling that weakness god's told me he's given me power just just an inch along just just to move forward, just to lean forward sometimes because I can't even make any progress but maybe I can just lean forward so that I don't go backwards and Jesus' words are echoing I'm with you and I'm going to give you the power to patiently endure all things joyfully and live a godly life it's not very flashy, it's not very spectacular but the eyes of heaven watch those that follow Jesus faithfully and live out this power in a world that is antagonistic and they watch it with great joy and great applause and celebration and your father (laughs) your father that some of you think is disappointed with you it's not at all it's not at all couldn't be more proud couldn't be more for you couldn't be more with you when you feel powerless his power is probably mostly then being displayed in you because you're you're just leaning forward that's all you can do or you're inching forward which is even better yet but that's the power of god being expressed in and through your lives follower of jesus real follower of jesus and heaven watches you know what i had this crazy thought in my, my mind when i was doing this message that the people of God, I think in many instances, are like Clark Kent in a land that no longer has phone booths. Think about that one. <laughs> I mean, you know, Clark always did the change the Superman in the phone booth. But, but think about this. Was he any less powerful when he was Clark Kent? Did he need the phone booth to be powerful? No, he had the power. For that matter, did he need the really cool looking red cape and the S on his chest? I mean, I kind of envy the red cape thing. I understand it, but, but did he need it or was the power always there when he was just plain old easy to ignore, easy to overlook, unimpressive, no shock, no awe, no glitz, no glam, no sizzle, just plain old Clark Kent believer in Christ, follower of Christ, do you hear what I'm trying? I'm desperately trying to express to you. You may feel oh so ordinary. You may feel that the power of God is so far from your life, but if you're enduring patiently and staying faithful to the word and the will of God and you're living a godly life, it might be three, three steps back and two forward. The power of God is in you. It is upon you. It is working through you. In the eyes of your Father, they are pleased. They are well pleased. They're well pleased with you so that first question you're in that room full of people 100 people do you believe that the power of god is on your life and being expressed in your life i hope if not all of you at least a lot of you will answer that differently now and even though you're humble and even though you're doubtful you will stand to your feet because you're still faithful to God. You're still inching forward. You're still at times just leaning forward because you can't even inch forward, but you're, you're there. You're enduring all things patiently with joy, and you're living a godly life in a world that is anything but encouraging godly lifestyles, and you're the apple of God's eye. I'll stop, man. I'll just stop. Let, let's just pray. Let's pray. Father, you know... You know what I was trying to say. You know what you put on my heart. I want so much for your people to feel encouraged by your joy, your pleasure in them. And only your spirit can cause that to happen. May your power that rests upon your people be expressed and confidently lived out. I ask it all in Christ's name. Amen.